everybody, and welcome to Heads Must Roll, a D&D actual play podcast set in a world of tyranny, corruption, revenge, and vigilante justice. Each of our heroes has had a life-altering brush with corruption in their past. Because of their troubled pasts, our heroes were approached by a stranger who invited them to join an underground secret society of vigilante outcasts. The goal of the secret society is to expose and disrupt tyranny and corruption in the government. These are their adventures. Little uh, vocal fry at the end there. Uh, all right. <laughs> so we'll quick introduce everybody we have here, starting with me. Hello, I'm Jake, and I'm playing Ingus the Clown. In a nutshell, he was a privileged playboy who had a dramatic past that turned him into a aspiring clown with anger issues. Alrighty. Uh, next, we'll go with Aaron. Hello, I'm Aaron. I'm playing Nalana Gradar. She's a half-elf rogue, escaped from a internship that turned out to be a sex cult type situation and has been on the run for a year. Cool. As cool as that is. Uh, <laughs> we'll go with uh, Devin. Uh, I, I'm Devin, and I'm playing the character Daniel Sanway, the now level two monk who lost his master in a freak government hitman accident and is now out for revenge. Dude. Totally. Uh, totally. <laughs> all right, Henry, tell us about your character. Hey, I'm Henry. I'm playing Dectrin Dekgorin, a human cleric, former member of the Scourge Purgers, an anti-zombie organization, who parted ways with the organization after having some disagreements, which we'll say, with the leadership regarding the future of the organization. So now an ex-member, on the run, and that's where I'm at. Cool. Uh, so next we have Kurt. I'm Kurt. I'm playing Riven Larinus. I'm a noble whose recent hobbies now include larceny, theft, and occasionally murder. Ooh. Ooh, ooh, ooh. All right, and then finally, <laughs> finally we have Sam. I'm Sam. I'm playing Eli Novaris, a hexblade uh, whose love was taken from him by the man who was, uh, he was an employee of, managed to escape the dungeons after finding a oddly magical sword and uh, exact his revenge. Now it's about finding life and living it. Awesome. That is who we are, and now we are ready to play, and I'm going to hand it over to our DM for today, Eric. All right, and I am Eric, the friendly neighborhood DM for tonight. And so if everyone's ready, we can get rolling. Everyone Let's do it. locked in, ready to roll? Locked, yes, in, lo sir. locked and loaded. <laughs> All right. All right. Let's do this. Okay. So where we last left our heroes, they had completed their very first true assignment for the Secret Society of the Branded Hands, which in which they met up with a druid that lived outside the town of Bespofus uh, by the name of Emil, a blind druid that lived outside the city. And he informed them that he wanted them to help them out or help him out uh, with a little pest problem that he had. He had some very large lizards that were eating some extremely spicy peppers that he had growing deep, deep within the woods. And so they went to the pepper patch, dispatched of the giant lizards, the timber drakes, and found out that there was also a very young uh, green dragon that was very upset at the spicy peppers being grown there because come to find out that the peppers only grow when dragon blood is added to the roots. And so the dragon was very upset that the peppers were there, but our party quickly dispatched and bravely fought the dragon and ended its life. And then they went back to Emil and reported that the pest problem was taken care of. And so where we left off, our victorious heroes had gone back to uh, the tree that Emil lived in, and they had gotten a good dinner from Emil and also a good night's 
rest. Except for Riven, who stormed off and is sleeping in the woods tonight. <laughs> I was very upset about murdering dragons. Very <laughs> upset. Yep, so save for one of our heroes that was very mad that one thing that Emil left out of kind of his directions on uh, helping with the pest control problem is that there was a dragon involved, which turns out he knew about the entire time, but didn't tell the party about it because he was worried that they wouldn't take the job if they knew there was a dragon to take care of. I mean, it was just little ones, right? Little, like they were like big dragons. But but from now on, we can just tell everybody that we've killed a dragon and we'll be like badass. We've we've killed multiple yeah. dragons, actually. <laughs> well, they were like lizards. We can also tell people we killed a baby because that's, <laughs> that's, that's kind of true. true. <laughs> that's that would give us a child dragon. Yeah, yeah, that'll. Yeah. That's it. All depends on the impression that we want to leave. <laughs> yeah, hell yeah. No, you're out of quite an impression. You can just, yeah. just leave that detail out. No, <laughs> Intimidation check. King gives yeah. us a job and we're like, oh, great. We've killed babies before. We could handle this. And <laughs> we like, walk out. He's got it. It's like, oh, yeah. oh, I think we should kill those guys, actually. I, think we want I mean, that. there's a certain market for that, but I don't <laughs> think we want to be in that market. No. Experienced baby killers. <laughs> a name you can trust. Oh, man. The branded baby killers. <clears throat> <laughs> That's who we are now. See it now. I'm it's naming a big, lights. B B K on the hand. It's... <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Also, also live. for Burger King, home of the Whopper. Uh, I was this gonna is, say yeah, that's, This yeah. is not sponsored. <laughs> Thanks, Burger King. No one, Burger no one cares King. enough to sponsor us. Come on, let's be real. <laughs> you guys might have Burger. a job to assassinate the Burger King. In the yeah. Burger King dome. The Burger King. He's the Burgermeister yeah. King. The Burgermeister Meister. Lord McDonald demands it. This is a fantasy <laughs> world filled with hamburgers, denim, and jeggings. So yep. anything yep. goes. What a cursed world we live in. <laughs> what a forsaken place that we've stumbled into. <laughs> what a hellscape we have. I'm feeling chaotic evil coming on. A uh, boy can dream. All right. So you wake up. Uh, bright and early from your beds within the tree that Emil lives in. So he gave everybody, he had nice beds of moss on the floor for everyone to sleep in. So it was a little, might be a little yeah. stiff in the morning. It's a little bit more firm than the average mattress, but. I was going to say, nice sounds a bit subjective. It was fluffy. As far as moss is concerned, it was. Best. The best yeah, the best moss that money can get. <laughs> or, nice. yeah, yeah, this is top end moss. I exert mm. very little gravity as a halfling. Mm -hmm. So everything mm -hmm. I sleep on is pretty comfortable. Probably true. <laughs> but within the tree, one of our heroes was not spending the night at Emil's within the tree. So, Riven, you had taken off back down the trail kind of towards Bespofus, following kind of the potato trail that brought you <laughs> in from the so cart of potatoes. So I got to the road, and I realized that because I arrived here buried in potatoes on a pig-drawn carriage, I didn't actually know where I was, so I just kind of sat down and propped myself up on a tree next to the road and mm -hmm. spent the night there. It's okay if you cried. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not crying, you're crying. <laughs> yeah, we, we weren't there, I mean, but you can tell us for sure. <laughs> well, there was plenty of food you could just pick up. Potatoes that fall <laughs> off the back on the way. It's a little crunchy, but just think of it like a flavorless apple. Mm -hmm. <laughs> a flavorless apple. Mm. That's, that's I like that terrible. That's how that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but the whole party wakes up and Emil kind of like greets everyone, so he's up and he asks everybody to 
now that you've kind of completed uh, your first mission to check back in with Grom and tell him that that you had passed your first test. So we have to make our way back to the city, right? Yep, so if you follow the roads out, it's going to be... So you guys are close enough to the city that it'll be all kind of essentially major roads to get back. And there'll be kind of road signs along the way, so so yeah. you'll be able to find your way back. It's a big enough city that there's... All roads lead to best both of us. Cool, cool. <laughs> the, official, the official slogan. Yep, it's on their brochure. It's like wall drug where there's like signs every like hundred yards. Except that when you actually get into the city, it's a total shithole. <laughs> That's right. it, exactly. Which is like yeah. it's on fire. Yeah. It's like it's like choosing to go on vacation in Los Angeles. There's mm-hmm. a huge promise and then it's a huge shithole when That's... you get here. And then you go to Hollywood. Oh my God. <laughs> it's dirty. Yeah. Hey, Hollywood's great. Yeah, come to Hollywood, everyone. You'll love it It's fucking mm-hmm. fantastic. People will <laughs> offer you blunts at the bus stop. They love it. <laughs> yeah. Well, they'll That's probably good. offer you more than that, too. <laughs> a, like, 60-ish year old right. man at a bus stop once offered me a blowjob for $20. And you took it? <laughs> no. What a deal. <laughs> but I was, <laughs> I was, like, very polite. I was like, no, thank you. <laughs> you should have handled him down. I shall turn down that offer. Down. Yeah. <laughs> I don't <Yeah>. know. <laughs> Man, I love that town. All right, so Emil has gathered some kind of like nuts, berries, and various kind of mushrooms for breakfast and whatnot, but you guys are free to kind of take whatever food you like and then kind of head back to the city, which will take maybe like half a day of journey to get back there, so it's very, it's very close. Uh, should we generally decide like... Who would lead the pack? Like, um, who will lead and who will tail it is a is a general good way to go. We are all pretty weak, but who is the strongest? Like, who would lead our pack? Probably. I have fifteen hit points. I have. Who's the breath, most like... impatient? That's a really future. bad question. That's definitely <laughs> Daniel, but Daniel's the little brother, so he'll be second always. That's probably true, to be honest. <laughs> Daniel does love to yep. take second place, so he could like. <laughs> Be right there when it happens. Plus, he might have daddy issues too, right? I mean, as far as I know, I ain't had no daddy. Just me, mammy raised me on the Just cold hard streets of, of Las Angeles. But there's blowjobs at every bus stop. <laughs> <laughs> come, come to Los Angeles. Isn't That's it a rough. city of vampires, though? It's a city of probably mostly vampires. No teeth, blowjobs. No teeth. Yeah, they love to use the teeth. That's scary. Uh, vampire blood. <laughs> uh-uh. Costs a little more than $20. It <laughs> costs your whole fucking life. That's a terrible way to bleed out, for the record. Says the doctor. <laughs> yeah. That's terrible. No. Dr. Sam <laughs> says getting bit by a vampire on your penis will kill you. <laughs> Yeah, well, Dr. Yeah, Sam ain't never gotten their penis so. bit by a vampire. This is the worst PSA ever. Say, they don't bite you in the you neck. Do not want to bleed out that way. <laughs> not in Las Angeles. No, no, no. They go, for... They, they go for the true vein. Oh, my. <laughs> the big vein. <laughs> what the hell is wrong with us? <laughs> <laughs> this is a perfectly legitimate discussion. All right, guys, enough. Enough with the penis jokes. We have to get to the full mass tavern, okay? Come on. <laughs> Man, I'm glad we're done with the point. penis jokes. Oh, All you right. gotta just sneak them in when you can. Sneak it in, bada bing. <laughs> but yeah, so no penis joke intended. Who's gonna Who's gonna lead the way here? I guess I have no problem like leading the way. 
Yeah, you're the beginning of the marching band. Yeah, I'll be like the charismatic face. I'll I'll play a flute. In fact, I'm gonna I'll pull out my flute. <laughs> and I'll, you have a flute? Yeah, I do. Sure. I had to pick an instrument, and it only costs one GP, and that's mm-hmm. all I had left at the time, so I chose flute. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> little little Piccadilly feller. So I'll you? I'll go ahead and uh, play a little uh, happy marching song as we make our way back to Bez Beaufort's. Can it be a piccolo instead of a flute? Just whatever co- whatever whatever yeah. costs one GP. <laughs> whatever that's Sam all wants. I had. <laughs> if it's his size, it's probably a piccolo, right? Okay, I was gonna say, I'll change yeah, it to a. Probably longer than your arm. That's true. <laughs> I, I will. I will officially change it to a piccolo. You should have a slide whistle. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then who would be like? So I'm guessing. So then Daniel would be number two. Yeah. Okay. And then who would be the designated caboose? I'm in no rush. I'll probably be last. Okay. Deck, do you want to be like third behind Daniel? I was gonna say yeah. I think close to Daniel, so that if something attacks from the front. You know. Oh, we're ready to fucking double team that shit. Yes, sir. I mean, the double with with the double D's. As far we as are the double know. D's. We are the double except we got another D <laughs> in the party. Line. So we're it's essentially the triple D's. <laughs> sure. <laughs> so we'll have we'll have Deck and Daniel in the front, and then I'll just kind of be off to the side playing my little flute. Okay, and then so then Eli's in the back, and then so are we gonna do Daniel Deck, and then Delana? Are we doing the triple D maneuver? Mm. We should yeah. triple D. Okay, That's just it. for okay. Triple D all the way. <laughs> uh, Riven, what are you drinking? Uh, bourbon, Jefferson. Ooh. Very Ooh. small batch. That's, that's a, a fancy. Good, that's a, that's a fancy little whiskey or a little bourbon. Yeah, Jefferson's I bourbon know, pairs perfectly with the Burger King Whopper. <laughs> that, that's, Brought to yeah. you by Go to Burger your Burger King, King today. <laughs> Not sponsored by Burger King <laughs> or Jefferson's. Please sponsor us. That'd Burger be great. <laughs> <laughs> Wake up with the king. If I had the king beside me, I know I'd slept soundly. How could you I get guess. out of bed <laughs> 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 with that Whopper next to you? You know what I'm saying. <laughs> I will uh, encourage everyone to go by starting up my my little happy march song. Is that like Nintendo? What is that? Uh, that's what I heard. It <laughs> sounds like a marching song to me. Yeah, it is. It's like the Pied Piper. That's. So we're just following like the main streets to Bezbofis. Yep, and so it's very easy because you can still see that there's like potatoes that have rolled off to the sides that will lead you directly into the routes that go back to Best Bofus. But at different intersections, there's also kind of like road signs leading you to the different towns and kind of how far away they are. But as you get closer to the city, the the road slowly begins to kind of widen out. Are we no longer wanted by people that want to kill us? Yeah, what's our GTA wanted level like? Yeah, so that's that'll that will mm-hmm. come up. That's <laughs> hang, hanging over our heads. So yeah, that's that's still a thing. I mean, should we take this road then? I mean, we just are you like wanted or anything? Like, I just showed up in a tavern and met these fellas. Oh yeah, our our first outing went very wrong, and we can assume that the children of chaos did something to us, and they might. Um, they might have it out for us. Yeah, they probably want to finish the job. Yeah. Know? By traveling right. with us, you are all incredibly unsafe. But I am playing a happy piccolo cool. song. So let's... Yeah, I'm into <laughs> it. <laughs> this piccolo let's... tune is really dissolving the amount of fear I should be having right now. So I'm into it. Merrily, we roll along with a dark cloud of danger over our heads. <laughs> <laughs> well, while the first five, while you kind of like start making your way kind of like out of out of the forest and down the road you you come up by a tree and you can see that there's a young man 
Wearing a shiny breastplate with a griffin. Yeah, that looks familiar. Hail! You followed the trail of potatoes, I see. <laughs> Where'd you go off to? To, um... Sleep under the stars with a clean conscience. Nothing less, nothing more. If you cried, it's okay. You can tell us. I won't tell <laughs> everyone. <laughs> I'm lost. What the fuck is going on right now? We oh, are walking just... down the path and Ribbon we're... was never a part of us the whole time. But he was... I got oh, really we're... furious about the fact that the guy lied to us to get us to do his bidding. And so I stormed off after the encounter. We just caught up with him because he spent the night outside. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's kind of what I thought. I just was like... It's it's in the script. <laughs> you didn't memorize the like script. Like it's in the script. Ah, uh, guy, somehow I must have missed that detail. Sorry, guys. I'm I'm really slipping up. You're gonna have to answer to the Burger King after this. <laughs> <laughs> the Burger King will on your knees you with a fucking you know. leash around your neck, and you're gonna have to answer the Burger King, dude. <laughs> we won't see Henry in the next episode. The Burger no, King will gone. do what he will. <laughs> with the Burger, the Burger King executed him. <laughs> I pray that Henry ne doesn't actually have the schedule to show up for the next episode just to keep the fucking theme. At this rate, Burger King is either going to sponsor us or send us a cease and desist. Yeah. Uh, both. Both! <laughs> Give me a both! Um, yes. So Riven has caught up, or we've caught up with Riven. Riven rejoins in the party and he takes the secondary caboose second to last and kind of like the line as everyone's traveling down the road and it takes about a half a day but you get you slowly get to again the outskirts of best bofus so it's probably like a little bit um maybe a couple hours afternoon or into the early afternoon and you kind of pass through the outside slums of the different kind of raccoon folk and raven folk that live on the kind of the outskirts of town and into uh the city itself yeah they eat the garbage I get it. Mm-hmm. And so and as you pass through uh, the streets of Best Both, as you pass by a lot of kind of like the normal people and different kind of merchants going about their daily business with, you can see like their eyes are just looking down as every once in a while you'll come across kind of like a, a marauding group of kind of well-armored, well but still very dirty looking half-orcs that seem to roam around in teams of about five to six. And you can see they're pretty much the only ones that look straight ahead and are kind of giving people the eye as they slowly try to go about their business and not uh, bring any attention to themselves. Do they look familiar to us? Yeah. Can the four of us that maybe ran into the Children of Chaos recognize these guys? Do they look like Children of Chaos? So you can't, like, recognize, like, I guess personally any of their faces, but you remember that the ones that you were captured by were all half-orc descent and they had kind of like these kind of like dark blue kind of cloaks and so with these other kind of like roaming bands of half orcs you can see that they're heavily armored not well bathed and then they also kind of have these different kind of blue clothing pieces that would kind of distinguish them as children of chaos can daniel totally roll a uh, a knowledge history or sorry intelligence history check to tell me who they are because i've never i've never encountered any, any guys that are half orcs that or bullies or whatever. Roll that dice. You're not the boss, Jake. Roll that dice. <laughs> All right, there boss, what did he say? <laughs> ooh, I uh, I don't know who they are. I rolled a two. What? Ooh, <laughs> yep. So you, you can't orcs. recall anything about who these guys are. Bullies. But there's some organization. 
because they're all wearing the same color. So that must mean something. I know gang colors from where I'm from. I'm on the level. <laughs> so does their armor match my demon bitten armor? Mm, no. So their armor is kind of like a mishmash of kind of like different types. And you can see that they have like brooches of kind of like the hammer hitting a skull and kind of like cool. different parts and like some of their armor is crudely enamored with it but it, it looks like their armor is basically just kind of pieced together stuff of whatever they could find and or take from someone nice yeah so i mean some of their armor doesn't even fit correctly and some of it's kind of like hanging off and in complete disrepair covered in rust it's they're they're all kind of a mess but they're scary they're a scary mess and high on ricochet yeah i think we should steer clear of these guys no need to rustle something up unnecessarily. Or, or we could take a back road. Should I stop playing my piccolo? Do they? Does it look like they're responding <laughs> to that at all? Yeah, are they digging the piccolo? Do they care that I'm spreading joy? So, you're in full clown yeah, makeup right now, right? Joy. Yeah, I am in clown makeup. <laughs> Before we left, I put on full makeup, just so everyone knows. <laughs> I mean, I always assume that. You kidding? Yeah, it should be assumed. All right, so as you're playing your piccolo still into the city, you draw a little bit of attention. You see that kind of like the normal townsfolk that are obviously trying to keep their heads down and go about their business without drawing attention to themselves. They kind of look up at you and no one says anything, but it's kind of like the... Kind of like, like, what uh, the hell are you doing? These guys are like, <laughs> what are they okay. doing? Like, everyone's like, huh? What, what's going on? Like, you guys seeing this shit too? There's no fun allowed in Best Bofus. No, <laughs> there is funny. no other music save for kind of the clinking yeah. of, of blacksmiths. Like here, I think. Yeah. Is it as bad as like in the westerns when people start boarding up the house? <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, when somebody walks into town. <laughs> do, 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 do. Do, woo, woo, woo. Except with a slide whistle. <laughs> 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 Never mind that shit. Here comes Mongo. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> Here comes Ingus with the flute. <laughs> Put on a little, little <laughs> western walk. <laughs> yeah. All right. But with like the roving bands of these children of chaos, you can see that they kind of they kind of look at you and sneer. But you can see that they kind of eye up both like the armor that your party's wearing and then also kind of the weapons that a lot of you have mm -hmm. on your belts. They kind of eye that up and they kind of warily kind of let you go. But you can see that they're not amused at your catchy marching tune. <laughs> I am just going to, if they make eye contact with me, I am going to make the most sincere possible eye contact with a smile on my face back to them, basically saying there's nothing but joy coming from me. Gonna okay. say all that with my face. With yeah, the face. Performance check. <laughs> <laughs> and from one group, you get like a really kind of nasty s sneer from one that bears his tough kind of tusks and like a, and a sneer, but he doesn't make a violent move against you yeah. as he kind of like eyes up the party that you're with. If we weren't so well armed, he probably would have tried something. That's so. If you're if you're weak and smaller group, or if you're weak and unarmed, they'll take advantage but if they're gonna take a stab for it probably not worth it yeah good thing we're level two i was about to say or a punch <laughs> yeah or a punch or a fist so yeah i mean i'll play my piccolo until someone tries to stop me okay and so you guys are able to make it all the way into the docks district and so as 
you know that you're getting close to the Dax district when kind of like the smell of the lake and also the smell of kind of rotting fish hits your nostrils and you're making your way kind of down an alley towards where uh, the full mast is. And so you make your way to the opening of the door and as you're about to like enter, you can hear that obviously business is booming towards kind of like the lunch hour. And I'm guessing Ingus, you're the first one to kind of open the door. Sure. I'll stop playing now because playing inside's annoying. Yeah. Okay. That's what the I big guess. practice room's for. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's yeah, and yeah, and there is no music inside right now, so no bard has taken up residence. Oh, the, yeah, that sounds like an opportunity. The, the noonish drinking hour. <laughs> the opportunity of a lifetime. Is there a stage in this tavern at all? There's no stage, but I mean, you can like pull up a you can pull up a table or stand oh, yeah. on a chair. I was gonna say you kinda... can stand on a table for sure. Like that's your own stage. You fucking gnome. Exactly. Yeah. Anything. Yeah, that's true. You could kind of, you'd fit on most things. Is there an empty table we can now sidle up to? So as you enter, there's what looks like kind of like nine sailors that are kind of like dotted around the place that are, you know, having their having their ale and kind of like some of them have different kind of like things for lunch out on the out on the tables. And you can see Grom is kind of uh, serving up drinks back behind the bar, but there's one table that's still open. Yeah, Daniel leads the charge in taking that table. <laughs> Is Grom the guy? Grom's the guy. Yep, so he's the, he's the gnome that, that runs the establishment. And he's serving a couple of the, the sailors uh, at the bar, and he does see you kind of go through the door, and you guys kind of find one of the empty tables. And he kind of like, he, dro- he drops the mugs that he has, and he goes, we're closed, everybody get out. And <laughs> he kind of like, he gra- grabs the mugs out of the sailors' hands, which, which are obviously very, very mad. He goes, get out, we're closed. We're done. Get out. Get out. Get out, you drunks. Yeah, Daniel stands up and goes, Ah, oh, shit, I just got here. And starts to walk out. <laughs> I'm going to put. I'm gonna grab <laughs> Daniel on the shoulder and be like, No, 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 no. no Wait. No. Uh, but the guy. <laughs> the it's guy. All right. It's all right. He's, trust, trust me on this one. <laughs> all right, bro. And he'll sit back down at the table, I guess. I'm going to pat him on the shoulder when he does that. <laughs> <laughs> and so Grom hurriedly and gruffly kind of like, shoes all like the sailors out who all of them are you know human and and half orc and some of them are elven most of them half orc and he's kind of like shoes them out and they're no everyone's wondering why the hell they're getting shooed out at like 1 30 in the afternoon but (laughs) it's closed and the proprietor's pushing everyone out and as like one half orc's getting pushed out he goes wait why aren't they getting pushed out as grom keeps just pushing him out he goes we're closed shut up yeah daniel says i don't know either (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and so, after a little bit of arguing and a lot of of shoving into the into the back of their knees by Grom, uh, he cl- he closes the door and then locks some of the uh, lower locks. And you can see that he has like this little <laughs> kind of like stand locks. next to the door. He pulls the stand over, climbs up it, and then does like the normal like mm-hmm. human locks, mm-hmm. uh, and then climbs climbs back down. And you can see then he goes over by the windows. Pulls up the stand again and then like closes the <laughs> curtains, and he can, he kind of comes up excitedly with kind of like a, a smile across his like gruff and pockmarked and scarred face. He goes, "Hey, you're back. So how how to go with email? Successful mission, some might say. I think we're in a good standing with the with the organization. I threw a rock at a dragon. <laughs> he did. Yeah, he did. Dr- that good job, that did off. happen. Yeah, a dragon? No way. It, it's the truth, dude. Oh goddamn it, email. It was a young, a baby dragon, but yes. It was a green dragon, and that's all that matters for the story. Yeah, I mean, don't undersell the fact that I 
rocked a dragon. Oh, no, no, no. I Believe me, I know. I was there. We, we did it together. You, you hit the yeah. rock, but yeah. Dragon was at least this big, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He goes, all right, so we got one, two, three, four, five, six. All right, so this is all of you. Okay, well, I'm glad you all passed uh, Emil's first mission, so... Mm-hmm. He said that everything went really well, but he left the details out of it, especially the dragon part. Yeah, there was a little lying going on. Yeah, yeah. he left that part out to us, too. It happens. Oh, he didn't even <laughs> tell you there was a dragon? No. no. Oh, God damn it, Emil. He's a tough guy, but he's been working for us for a long time, but he's 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 got a way about him. An acquired taste, I would say. Yeah. In your organization, way, is it normal it. to lie pe- to people to get up and fight dragons? Or is that like an occasional thing? He's I mean, his cat. breakfast tasted great, so like, what can I complain about, right? <laughs> the the berries and the mushrooms. Yeah, he pan fried those things to a tea, like like just like Mammy used to. He goes, well, Emil knows what he's doing, so if he puts you up against a dragon, he he probably knows that you guys were up for it. So that that means that he really believes in you, because he wouldn't do that to just anybody. Normally, he has initiates catching squirrels and whatnot. Lame. Damn. I could have really aced that, though. So he really must see something <laughs> in this group. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he goes, all right, well, Janander told me that you guys were on your way back. And so she's she's waiting for you if you're all if you're all ready. So if you're all still in this, right? So note with this whole, like, dragon thing that you guys are going to be going up against a lot worse stuff than dragons in the future. Hell I understand. Yeah. You're going to deal and really see some heavy shit. If you're all down with that, then keep going. But if you're having second thoughts, just leave now. Yeah, but on a scale of 1 to 10, will you be lying to us more? Because... How can you answer that I question? I feel like if we're going to put our lives right? on the line. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> will you be lying to us more? No. <laughs> yeah. Daniel says, on a scale from 1 to 10, I don't care. Let's fucking... Do it. <laughs> I don't care if you lie to me. On a scale from punch to punch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm going to say the worst is already behind me, so let's do it. Yeah, same here. I can see some heavy shit. All right. And Grom looks over at, at Riven and he, and he goes, look, kid, I'll try not to lie to you, if at all possible. That's not the most reassuring thing I've ever heard. If the safety <laughs> of this entire organization is on the line... I will lie if I absolutely have to. Now, I'm not, I don't like lying, and but Emil's kind of a different cat. And I can't vouch for what he decides and what he thinks is right. Seems like lying is par for the course for a secret organization. We're all going to have to lie quite a bit. Sometimes, unfortunately, sometimes it's necessary, even to our own members. Now, that doesn't happen a lot, and I, I'm a pretty honest guy if I, if I do say so myself. But I'm going to be straight up sometimes, and I expect you to do the same when necessary. The organization comes first. I suppose that's fair enough. Okay. And so Graham goes, all right. So if you're all in, follow me. I'm and he kind of he leads you back behind the bar and behind into a door that kind of leads back into uh, what would be the kitchen. I am going to pull out my piccolo again, and I'm going to play a song that's like excited, but suspenseful. A little, little oh. bit of mystery to it. Little little uh, ride of the Valkyries type situation. That's a little too <laughs> intense. That's a little too intense. It's gonna be low key, but positive, but a little mysterious. Jeez, oh, so a little like a uh, Bruno Mars type situation. English <laughs> <laughs> yes. busts out Bruno Mars, like somehow knows he, our own songs, like from our. <laughs> Bruno band. Mars <laughs> is a character in this. <laughs> it's true. He will be. Just wait till season two. 
Until season. And Bruno Mars only drinks Jefferson bourbon. Stay thirsty, my friends. There's so many cease and desist letters coming. Please send them. That means that we have a fucking. We're getting like, shut like down a so fucking fast. Like strike four now from Bruno Mars's marketing people. It's been fun, everybody. Yeah, we got cool. Okay. Yeah, so I'm playing a little background, little ambiance music to to gear us up for this. Okay. And so Grom kind of leads you back into the kitchen where there's kind of like a countertop and there's kind of like different like vegetables, and like meat hanging around everywhere. And also you can see like behind one of like the counters chopping up vegetables and throwing them into a pot is kind of like what looks like this young kind of red haired girl that looks about maybe like 12 or 13 that's working in the back. And she kind of looks up as you kind of enter the kitchen and she kind of like quickly and shyly like goes back down to her work chopping as Grom doesn't even just doesn't even look at her and kind of makes a beeline for like the back of the kitchen. Yeah, Daniel focused on food is like, what are you making? The girl kind of looks up and without making, without saying anything, she just kind of goes like this to the kind of the different vegetables she has Mm -hmm. chopped Mm -hmm. up on the on the cutting board. Which are? Which are? Would you like me to explain the ingredients? (laughs) Are there any water chestnuts? There's water chestnuts and some cilantro, some carrots (laughs) and cabbage. Oh, it looks like stew. Note that, remember like that that soup that mm-hmm. you had Carbon before that, like, definitely do. was so, like, like fish and I remember. random yeah. stuff thrown together. So yeah, she was the one that made that. Oh, so nice. she's kind of figured. Not, so she, from how from what you tested of her cooking skill before, she just kind of like throws things together. But she's very young and I don't think anyone really taught her recipes yeah. quite yet. I'm going to try to make this sound like a compliment and I'll look to her and be like, I will never forget the taste of that soup. Yeah. <laughs> It was great. Save me a bowl. She kind of looks up and like smiles and blushes and kind of like does a little shy bow. But again, doesn't say anything or makes no oh. sound. How does, who is she related to? Does she, is she, her parents around? Are her parents around? Yeah. Are you, are you asking Grom? I, yes, I'm asking Grom. Where are her parents? Okay. <laughs> yeah, so Grom goes, he goes, that's Fiona. I, I found her on the street begging for, for coppers. And so I brought her in. I got a I got a soft spot for kids. Gross. And so can you elaborate so, on that? Oh man, I suppose you're right to be jaded after your sex cult type thing. I am concerned for children. Roll persuasion. There is a there is a story to this of why it is. Oh, okay. And is accusing him of being a pedophile the is that like a good disadvantage? <laughs> well, hey, I mean, it's it's a it's a gnome that works with. Uh, and then I roll a thirteen, so that would be a not nat twenty. Woo. Okay. So you're asking about like what's up with the the kids thing? Yeah. He goes when I he goes when I was working for this group. We're called the we're called the Branded Hands. I used to be one of the agents, and I used to work out in the field and and do different do different jobs. There was one where we were supposed to investigate an, or, an orphanage. It was kind of like a, a children's a children's hospital is kind of what I was working as. And we had reports that these kids were being abducted. These kids were just disappearing from this from orphanage. The orphanage. Yes. And so me and three others investigated it and come to find out that we broke into a cultist ritual going on where they were sacrificing the children. Uh, it happens. So we got we got in right in the middle of yeah. one of their rituals and we were mobbed. I was the only one to get out alive, but the only reason I did is that we were in the basement and I was surrounded 
by cultists and this one awful hairy creature that just smelled like rotting trash. And I wasn't thinking straight. I thought I was going to die. And I took out the support beams with a shatter spell. And so the hospital collapsed in on itself, and I was luckily able to get out of the side of the rubble. The problem is, is that when the support beams collapsed in, one of the last things I remember hearing was the cries of the children from the floor above. After that, I quit. Yeah. But wow. I still I still support the branded hands as much as I can. I'm still a part of it, but I'll never go out in the field again. I'll, I can't trust myself after that anymore. And so... I owe it to the kids to make up for what I did. I'm a coward. Wow. There. Wow. You know what? I didn't mean to pry so much, but you know, I appreciate <laughs> that's <a> 20. your truth. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a 20. It all comes out. So you were very persuasive. I feel. I feel, bro. I feel. I want everyone to know that my piccolo music adapted itself to be the underscore for his story. <laughs> So as he was saying his story, I was like adjusting my music to fit the tone. <laughs> and so he kind of gets somber after that. And so he's kind of like, his eyes are kind of down. He goes, do you have any more questions? Uh, nope. <laughs> With that, nope. Nope. No, no. We're on the uh, level. She cooks the food. I get it. I'm going to make sure Grom doesn't hear this, but I'm going to be like to everybody, like, we definitely cannot joke that we killed a baby now. <laughs> uh, that joke is off limits nah. <laughs> alright Grom kind of somberly now kind of like turns and quietly goes again kind of makes a beeline towards the back and he goes back towards like a door and you can see over the top it just has a sign that says Grom's office do not enter with like a big big sign kind of like scrawled in ink oh my god guys I broke Grom I broke him I saw it I was there for it do you feel good about yourself yeah. now, Delana? That was, uh, <laughs> that, was, that was some heavy shit. I do want to point out to Grom that he missed the opportunity to call it the Graphis. Uh, <laughs> oh my god. Oh my No, no. This man my has a history of... No. <laughs> the Graphis. Yeah, and, oh. and, uh, and Daniel extends a high five towards the, the clown and says, Nice! It's gotta be, it's gotta be a low five, but I accept <laughs> And he takes and it. And goes. He takes it. I'll follow Grom toward his office. And I'll follow Grom to his office, second in the line. And so you can see on this one that it doesn't have, usually there's like a latch that's a little lower down. So this one, he kind of gets on his toes and he reaches up and he grabs, there's kind of, it's kind of like a, a golden door handle on it. And he grabs it and you can see that with his right hand and he kind of holds it there for a bit and he turns it. <laughs> And he opens it up, and you can see that it's basically just like this wall of black. And he goes, follow me. I know, I know, I know, it might look a little scary, don't worry, but this is going to where we need to be. So Janandra's waiting for us. Don't worry, I'll go first. I'll go Whoa. first. Alright, I feel like I trust you. I'm, I'm coming right, I'm right behind you, dude. Whoever's last, please close the door behind you. I'd hate for one of the kids to <laughs> step in. And he kind of like goes into the inky blackness and he just kind of disappears into the black. I'll let Delana go first. <laughs> and then if it seems fine, she doesn't like scream, I'll go after her. Well, I was about to say, if you let uh, Delana go Oh, then go you first, have to go next. Yeah, then Daniel goes second. <laughs> Daniel's the number two player. Only if you call me mom. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, mommy! Oh my. 
Oh my. Uh -oh. This is a very weird oh. dynamic. Sorry. The, we've got an interesting crew here. After mommy and baby go in, I'll go. <laughs> <laughs> I'll follow the clown. <laughs> okay. The clown. The mommy, the baby, the clown, <laughs> and then the... <laughs> What a fucking children's story that is. Oh the God. mommy, the baby, and the clown. Or it almost sounds like a sitcom. Like, like the mommy, the baby, the clown, the cleric, the hex blade. It's like the Eli comes in, like knocks on the door. Honey, I'm home. Laugh I'm track home. plays. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How do we close this door? Is this just a normal door? I'm the last one to go through, so. So you can see that it also has like a like a golden knob on the well, the inside of it as the door kind of like swung open, and so grab it and slam it closed. I guess grab it. Okay, and you kind of enter the darkness and close it behind you, and so as you close it, you all find yourself in this kind of like stone circular room and in the in the middle of this kind of stone room you see there's kind of like this large kind of like metal cauldron that just seems to be sitting on the floor how big is the cauldron like like what's the the is it is it like a like a you can sit inside of it or just Soup like cauldron. a so the cauldron, I would say it's a it's a pretty big one. So I would say with this one, it's probably like two two and a half feet in diameter. So okay. it's a large, it's a really large one. You could really stick some stuff in there. Bunch of babies. Could probably fit a clown. Is at least a clown in there. Mm -hmm. Wrong. It's a ten baby capacity. Oh my oh gosh. gosh. On a scale of one to ten, I thought we swore off the baby joke. Yeah. Uh, then you oh. swore wrongly. <laughs> We've officially lost our Burger King sponsorship. <laughs> mm. We're still on the line. We're still on the line with Jefferson Dang. Bourbon. They don't care about babies so much. But... Bruno Mars, I'm holding out hope. <laughs> Maybe Pampers will pick us up. <laughs> we might have lost Burger King, but we gained Wendy's. Wendy's, hit me up. Your oh. spicy chickens are great. Get me on the level. They do have baked potatoes. They do, oh, yeah. Baked so potatoes potato and, and chili is pretty good, too. I mean, uh, chili. Those Frosties? Fiona would be oh, making it was chili a pig drawn wagon of Wendy's baked potatoes. So it's like a giant stone room. How is it like lit with like torches and shit? And... Yeah, so along the outsides, you can see that there's torches that are lit, and you can see it's kind of this almost like purplish granite and it's there's a kind of a domed top uh immediately kind of behind the cauldron so the cauldron's in like the middle of the circular room and immediately behind the cauldron there's kind of there's this uh, narrow stone platform and on top of the stone platform you can see that there's like the golden bust of what looks like an extremely beautiful like elven woman sitting like so like right behind the cauldron and as you all enter and Eli closes the door, this very like, but calm, but like booming voice kind of fills the room that says, goes, welcome my chosen, gather around the cauldron. I gather. I take I my gather, place for sure. in a yeah, part of the circle yeah, I'm called. Follow that command. Everyone kind of like gathers kind of around the cauldron and you can see that Grom kind of like holds back and he stays back by the door. And as you kind of look behind you, you can see that there's still kind of that door but there seems to be no other exit or entrance to this place. I'm going to kind of look around. Do I see anything else of note? So as you can see from what it looks like, there doesn't seem to be any other doors or entrances or exits to this room. So it's made out of kind of like different, like looks like stone blocks. That's very, I mean, well polished. It's very well taken care of uh, and well decorated, but there's really no way in or out that you can see other than the way that you came in. 
Would a three-foot-tall person be able to see what's in the cauldron? Tippy-toe, maybe? Dude, on your tiptoes, you'd be able to kind of, like, take a look. I'm going to tippy-toe up and, and try to peek and see what's inside of the, the cauldron. So you peek nice. inside of it, and you can see what it, it looks kind of like. It's very kind of like crystal clear water, and you can see that it's totally still right now. Water. I can deal with water. So as you gather around again, you kind of hear this kind of like booming female voice seemingly coming from uh, the golden bus behind the cauldron, but at the same time echoing and kind of reverberating off the walls. And it says, greetings, my chosen ones. I am Janandra, leader of the Branded Hands. I am the one who sought you out and sent my agents to find you. I'm glad that all of you have accepted my call. Over the past several days, you've proven yourselves as trustworthy, dedicated, and capable. And now that you are here before me, I give you a final choice to join our fight against injustice. Or, you may return to your normal lives. Leave now and return to your old life, or stay and receive the final test. Yeah, Daniel stays. I will stay. I'm in. I've come this far, I'm going to see it through. Yeah, Daniel raise a high five to all those that stays. Yeah. <sighs> So everybody stays. You have to, you have to come, come down for me, but I'll do it. I do, I do. Don't worry, I'm over the top while you're down from under. Up I get high, it. Down low. Yeah. Uh huh. I get it. I'm, I'm always down low. Okay. And so no, so it gives you some time, and nobody moves. And then you hear the voice come back, and it says, "Anslin, step forward. Put your hand into the cauldron, and remember what brought you here." And as you near the cauldron, you see that the cauldron itself actually shrinks down to a level <laughs> to that my, to you it. would be able to. Nice. Yes. So it, yep, so it goes down to user height. My character is very touched by the accommodation. That doesn't always happen. So thank you. That's great. It's, it's very nice, yeah. <laughs> is, it, is it anciently engraven? It does not seem to be anciently engraved with anything. It really seems okay. like just a really old cast iron cauldron. I, I think Engraven is the name of Riven's brother. Engraven. <laughs> that will be cut. That will be cut out. It wasn't good enough. No, it's <laughs> in. Cut out. It's in. Uh, yes. Yeah, so whatever apprehension I had has started to melt away a little bit because the cauldron shrunk down to my size. He very much appreciates that. So he'll step up to the, the cauldron, and she said, put your hand in? Is that what she said? Yep. Put your hand into the cauldron, and remember what brought you here. Can we take a second to appreciate that Ingus is going to join a secret society out of sheer appreciation for an ADA-accessible boiling cauldron? Hell, yeah. <laughs> that's that's a big thing. It is. <laughs> it's a very, very considerate secret organization. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Also, it's very accessible. Sometimes you just work for the benefits. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like I get it. You know what I mean? We're all about equity here. Yeah. The cauldron of accessibility. Also, the the, mm -hmm. the player playing Angus is Midwestern and he has a hard time saying no. So. <laughs> you want to join the secret society? Too polite sure. to say no. Sure. Uh, yeah, That's very not? true. That's very true. So. The moment he does have to reach into the cauldron, he is more apprehensive, especially because he's thinking of what brought him here, and what brought him here was him feeling very betrayed by his own family. He was a drug addict. He had a completely different life before he was a drug addict. Uh, he got addicted to a drug called Ricochet, a.k.a. Rickies. Mm-hmm. Those Rickies will get you. <laughs> 
He was addicted for several years, and he became an embarrassment to his noble family. Mm. And they eventually decided that they essentially didn't want him anymore. Um, the publicity was too much to deal with, so uh, someone in his family ordered to have him killed, and he was put in a barrel of acid and left to die. Whoa. He did manage to survive, but he has that, that deep resentment going back, and he feels betrayed by his family. Um, he's a completely different person now, but he harbors that resentment for his family, and getting some sort of retribution, whether it's emotional or physical or what against his family is kind of what's driving him here so he's thinking about all that and thinking about like the claustrophobicness of the barrel and the cauldron and the water and the acid makes him extremely apprehensive but in his heart he feels like this is his moment to reinvent himself and pursue his new life so he plunges his hand into the cauldron so as you kind of think about what brought you here and plunge your hand into the cauldron as soon as your hand enters it you can see that the water begins to boil around oh, your hand, God and then damn. the boiling slowly <laughs> spread, slowly spreads out. He's less okay with that. Uh. <laughs> it, and, but like it, it doesn't hurt, so it feels okay. hot, but it's not painful. It's like a hot hot tub. Yeah, so like a hot, so like a hot tub <laughs> with, with no jets. Um, once you kind of like you start thinking about your life and like what brought you here, and your hand is inside, and the cauldron is now bubbling and kind of and fuming with the thoughts of your life before this. And uh, Janandra's voice echoes across the walls again, and it says, There's great anger inside you, Anslan. The fiery rage that grows within you threatens to consume both you and those that would trust in you. Will you have the strength to direct your wrath only towards those who are deserving of it? So if, if yes, you can say, I, I will. I will. I will. And then the booming voice says, Grab the stone at the bottom of the cauldron and grasp it tightly. Did we all hear that, or did just yes? <laughs> so I was the, so, I was the guinea pig, but now everyone knows. Damn right. Yep. So everybody knows how it goes. So then you grasp it, and you can, you can feel that there's like this stone at the bottom, and as you grab onto the stone, you feel that it's extremely cold. So the water the water around is extremely hot, but the stone is extremely cold, and you grab onto it, and you can feel this stingingly cold sensation almost to the point of it feeling stingingly hot as it kind of like seems to burn something into your palm did you put in your left or your right hand uh i put in my left hand okay you might want to take note of that for future reference oh right so your left hand is in there and you grasp it and you feel this burning and stinging sensation into your palm and eventually after a while the sensation fades and the stone again just feels like a regular stone and then slowly starting from where your arm is kind of reached in the boiling of the water slowly stops and it comes to a serene stillness and then you hear the booming voice of janandra again that says congratulations ansley and mugwood you have been accepted he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna shed a tear but wipe it wipe it away really quick before it affects his makeup as you should. And he's going to like be like really gentle about dabbing it away, you know. So you have been accepted, Anselian, and the water has stopped boiling. And so you can now step away from the cauldron. I will pull pull my hand out and step back. All right. And then the booming voice comes back. It says, Delana, please step forward. I step forward. Put your hand into the cauldron and remember what brought you here. I put my hand into the cauldron and... As I do, I am remembering why 
I'm here, you know, and I also have sort of memories of my childhood in Nasnia and how my parents sent me over on this internship into the city of Garam Torum. And I'm remembering my years with the Convocation of Equity and my cousin Ferris, who is unfortunately still there. And I'm realizing, you know, how more than ever, I really need this organization and this opportunity. And so as you kind of think about, you know, your life before this and what led up to this moment, again, the water around your arm starts to kind of boil and gets to a rolling boil. And then the, the voice of Janander comes back and it goes, you were betrayed by those who you trusted in the most. But the pain of that betrayal has revealed a mighty soul within you. But even the mighty are most vulnerable when they are alone. I offer you guidance, new allies, and a cause that is just. Will you trust in both me and those beside you? Grab the stone. I grab the stone. And you grab the stone down at the bottom. And again, it's the water is very hot, but the stone is very cold, but so cold that it feels hot. And you can feel like there's a kind of a stinging sensation into your palm for a few seconds. And then it slowly dies down and the boiling of the water stops. And again, you hear uh, the voice echoing off the walls and it says, Congratulations, Delana Greydark. You have been accepted. Done and done. Pretty painless, guys. I can't wait. <laughs> Daniel, step forward. Oh, shit. I, I could have waited. <laughs> I, I walk forward. You won't need to. Put your hand in the cauldron and remember what brought you here. Daniel puts his hand in and uh, remembers, Ugh, this water's so hot. Sensei-san way. And he, and, he, and, and he remembers his old sensei. And every trial and tribulation that led up to his untimely demise. He remembers every uh, every training montage. He remembers every uh, fence post painted. He remembers every uh, tile circularly uh, cleansed. Uh, Daniel remembers and he goes, ah, Sensei, oh, you taught me so much. Ah, I'll, I'll never have a sen- Sensei like you. And his hand is in the water. Do you yeah. do you know offhand how your sensei got murdered? Killed like- by corporate assassin. Next question. <laughs> Next question. <laughs> so your hands in the water and you're thinking about all the waxing on and off. Yeah. And the water begins to boil as you're kind of thinking about things. Your memories become more and more vivid. And then Janandra's voice comes booming off the walls again. And it says, as your late master may have told you, the body is the temple of the spirit within. Within he you, did. Daniel, the soul of a great warrior resides in the body of a growing young man. Build up your temple, Daniel, to match this, uh, the magnificence of what lies inside. You're so right. Will you build yourself to become a beacon of hope and not of fear? Of course. Grab the stone. <laughs> and and he does. He, he fucking grabs that shit. All right, and you grab that stone. Sensei get... Sunway! And he grabs that shit. <laughs> All right, and again, it gets super cold, and you can feel it kind of burning into your palm. And then after a few seconds of discomfort, it slowly recedes, and the boiling around your arm slowly stops. Ow! And so you can take your hand out now. And he, he drops the imaginary stone back in the water. And he goes, whoa, how righteous. Congratulations, Daniel Sanway. You have been accepted. My hand hurts. <laughs> That's perfectly normal. There may be some discomfort after being accepted into the branded hands. Thanks for the warning. <laughs> <laughs> Dectrin, step forward. 
I step forward up to the cauldron. Put your hand into the cauldron and remember what brought you here. I submerge my right hand into the cauldron and think about the Scourge Purgers, the organization I thought was going to be everything, the journeys I had and the sense of disillusionment I felt with what I believed the organization was and what it actually was, and the fact that I parted ways with the organization under not-so-good terms and my regret for doing the things I did, but knowing that I had to do them at the same time. A mix of uh, you know, regret and determination, I guess you'd say. And as the memories come into your mind, again, the water comes slowly comes to a rolling boil, and then the booming voice off the walls calls out again, and it says, Great storm clouds gather on the horizon. The sky darkens, and hair stands on end as static builds, and the wind brings in with it the smell of ozone before the lightning strike. You feel it within you, Dectrin. You are the coming storm. Bring rain to the innocent, and electrify the wicked from the heavens. Will you be the storm that the people pray for? I shall. Grab the stone. I grab the stone. And so again, the stone feels very cold, and it gets to the point of kind of like a burning coldness as it etches some sort of design into your palm, but after a few seconds of discomfort, it slowly fades down, and the boiling slowly comes back down. As, and now the water is again still. Congratulations, Dectrin Goran. You have been accepted. I nod and then step back. I should have been playing Piccolo this whole time. <laughs> Toot! That's a oh, well. time to play. If Janandra wanted music, she would have had music. It's not my place. Yeah. Riven, step forward. And I will step forward. Nice. Put your hand <laughs> into the cauldron and remember what brought you here. I'm going to stick my left hand in because I've seen all the boiling water everyone else has had to deal with. I didn't really want that on my right hand. So I'm going to put my left hand <laughs> mm, Strategic. So I'll roll up my sleeve and I'll stick my left hand deep into the cauldron. And so, we'll, and then remember what brought you to this point. All right, I'm going to close my eyes. And I'm going to think of all of the nobles who would insist on the others that follow the rules while they felt that no laws applied to them and how they would steal from their employees and their rivals as much as they could, but they would chop off an employee's hand for stealing so much as a nugget of precious gem. And my face is kind of get flush and red and burn with anger. And so as you kind of remember what brought you here, the water begins to come up to a rolling boil and the voice comes from the walls again. And it goes, Riven, you were born into a life of privilege, but also a life of restraint, as well as a life where you were able to see the corruption that happens behind the scenes. Freedom has its benefits, but also comes with a heavy burden of responsibility. Now that you have your freedom from your born position, and you are now free from the confines of social expectations, you have an important choice to make. Will you use your freedom to protect the freedom of others? Absolutely. Grab the stone. I'll grab it. And again, that gets very, very cold. And you can kind of feel the imprint of something being etched into your palm. And after a few seconds of discomfort, it slowly fades. And the water slowly stops boiling. Congratulations, Riven Larinus. You have been accepted. I'll take my glowing hand and step back into the line. And then, Ilarith, step forward. Eli steps up to the cauldron. Put your hand into the cauldron and remember what brought you here. Eli pulls his arm out of his sleeve of the cloak so it doesn't get wet. And as he reaches in, he says, her name was, her name was Estel. And he thinks about the love of his life being stolen away by this nobleman who thought he had the privilege to do whatever he wanted. And then out loud, he says, I killed him and I avenged you, but was it worth it? 
Yeah, it was totally worth it. <laughs> nice. He needed to die. <laughs> he puts his hand on on his sword. He's like, well, at least now I have Idril. That was worth it too, I think. And he sticks his hand in the rest of the way. And so, as like your memories go through and your thoughts are running through your mind as your hand is in there again, the water comes to a boil, and then Janandra's voice again echoes off the walls. To kill a man, run a blade into his heart. To kill a man's soul, rip the love out of his heart. A broken man, a broken sword, in a broken world. But as one is mended and reforged, the others can heal beside it. Revenge did not heal your heart, but the love of others may yet mend the wound. Will you fight for the love of the defenseless? I will. Grab the stone. Eli grabs a stone. With his right hand. And again, it gets super, super cold, and you can feel that cold etching going into your palm after a few seconds of discomfort. It slowly fades, and the water, again, becomes still. And again, the voice comes from the walls. Elrith, Novaris, you have been accepted. And so then you step back, and everyone has now been accepted, and kind of the burning in your hand slowly begins to fade. Angus is very taken by this moment, and he's full-on bawling now, watching everybody do their thing. Very emotional. Are you emotional. it off so that it's not... Yeah, he's yeah, trying... He's trying his, affecting the make... Trying his best not to, to <laughs> make a thing. Just crying and playing the piccolo. <laughs> <laughs> he opted not to play the piccolo. He didn't want to impose his music on this moment. <laughs> yeah. And so, uh, again, uh, Janandra's voice echoes kind of from the golden bust and echoes off the walls, and it says... With this brand, you now gain the ability to recognize others in our order. You may also communicate telepathically with other branded hands by joining hands with them. In addition, certain doors and passages can only be opened by those who have this magical brand. If you have any questions, you may ask them now. Otherwise, Grom will instruct you on what further actions are necessary. Cool. I'm so honored. So honored. Now that we're a part of the organization, what's our first step? Yeah. Assignments at the initiate level are given to Grom. Upon your advancement within the organization, you will uh, talk to other agents that are higher up in the order. If you rise uh, to enough power, I may instruct you directly. I see. Whoa. Thank you for the explanation. I have a question for Grom, though. Okay, well, they're good. So Grom's going to, if he kind of... He, so Grom kind of goes and goes, all right, well, congratulations, guys. Here, let's let's head back to the inn. Thank you, Grom, for uh, helping us and getting us this far. Appreciate it. Hey, it's good to have new recruits. So, Grom, what yeah. happened the other night, you know, to the four of us that things kind of went sideways? Let's go back to the inn. And you hear that, you hear kind of like a voice behind you as Janandra answers this one. So, kind of like the booming voice goes off, and what she says, she says that it's not by happenstance that I found all of you. So to find you, I sent a divine call throughout the universe to direct me to those that are worthy of our cause. You were the answer to that call. But when a great shout goes out across the cosmos, it sends echoes across all the planes that can be heard by the few with ears to hear it. I believe that my greatest enemy heard my call for you. It is likely that he knows you as well as I know you. It's not by mercy, but miscalculation that you are all still alive. I believe that the enemy sees your potential as I do, and believes that you may yet fall to his desires. To fight corruption, or succumb to its allure, will be a choice that you will all have to make. And when it comes, that choice won't be easy. But that is what happened to 
At least I believe it was the four of you. So we are in like mega danger? Potentially, yes. But the enemy doesn't want to destroy you as much as seek out your weaknesses because he thinks that you may yet be allies for him. So we're going to be living here at this tavern for a little while? So you can for the time being. Well, Grom says, he goes, okay, let's let's go let's go back to the inn. And so he kind of like elbow, he elbows uh, you, Ingus, and he goes, okay, so with these golden handles, put your put the hand that you grabbed the stone with on the handle and, and turn it and think about the inn. I will reach out and I will put my hand on the handle and I will think about going to the tavern. And he goes, okay, are you thinking about the tavern? Not the soup, mm-hmm. but the tavern, yes. The ta- okay, just the tavern itself. Yep, just think, just think of the inn. Think of what it looks like, and turn the handle. Open the door. Click. Is that what a, a doorknob okay. makes the noise? Yep. So it <laughs> makes a little click, and you open it up. And this time, instead of just kind of like pure black, you can actually see into the kitchen. And he says, he goes, "There's kind of there's different doors, and these handles go to different places. But you gotta think about which one you want to go to. And so you guys will come into contact with different spots and kind of different locations that have handles like these. So it allows us to kind of get around. Comes it comes in handy. No pun intended. <laughs> but come on, come on, let's go. And he like leads everybody back into the kitchen. And everybody walks into the kitchen, and Grom." kind of like waits for everybody to file back in and he closes the door behind you. And as you guys get into the kitchen, he goes and he, he stops, he goes, he goes, well, congratulations into the branded hands. And you hear this huge kind of like slamming at the very front door coming from outside from what looks like the front door uh, of the inn itself. And you hear like kind of the slam, slam, crash. And you hear kind of this gruff voice coming from uh, the main room go, Grom! Grom, it's the middle of the day. I know you're not closed. And and Grom kind of like looks around. He goes, what the hell's going on? And so he scrambles out into the main room. As you kind of look from the kitchen into kind of the main dining room, there's these six, looks like half-orc children of chaos. So they kind of have like the ruffled kind of like scraps of like blue cloth pieced between like really kind of like rusted kind of pieced together pieces of armor that they're wearing. And each one of them has a different uh, two-handed weapon. And one of them, the most uh, heavily armored of them, that has this huge sword on his back, comes forward and he goes, Grom, it's time to pay your taxes. Grom looks at him and he goes, Brack, what are you talking about? I paid my taxes two weeks ago. I did it to, I did it to you in person. You were, just, you were just in here and you broke my door. Brack looks at him and he goes, yeah, well, I spent all the taxes you gave me last time. So I'm going to need you to pay it over again. And Grom was just like, just fuming. And he kind of looks, he kind of looks back behind you at those of you that are still in the kitchen. And, and he kind of does the kind of motioning for you just to come out of the kitchen. I walk out. What seems to be the problem here, gentlemen? Come to Grom's side, of course, as I, as I say that. I'm going to run out and scramble on top of a table to be as intimidating as possible. Is there like okay. only the one door out or there's there's the do- there's the door out there's the door to the kitchen and then off on one of the side walls there's stairs going up to the rooms upstairs. All right, so there's no sneak in here. So there's no like other exit out. Other than there's a couple like windows I guess you could dive out of on the sides. <laughs> if if push com- if push comes to shove, yeah. How many how many half works did you say there were? There's there's six of them, and they all have kind of like these different, almost pretty much oversized weapons in their hands. 
And they're kind of like smugly looking at all of you, but you can see that their faces kind of droop a little bit as more and more people seem to be filing out of the back of the kitchen. You can see the heavily armored half-orc kind of looks at Grom, he looks at everyone else, and he goes, I thought you were closed. I'm going to say, Grom pays his taxes to me now. <laughs> to you. Oh. And who are you? I'm the tax collector, and you will pay me your taxes now. Oh, this better be good. Well, it seems like we've come to a misunderstanding. Have we? There can only be one tax collector in the docks district. That can be only one. That's me, boy. Have at you. Are you, with the have at you, are Is you... That... I'm going to knock an arrow. All right, so you pull out the bow, knock an arrow, and as soon as you, pl- as soon as you pull out the bow and bring the arrow back, Brack goes... All right, boys, this is about to get interesting. Initiative. Initiative. God damn it. <laughs> oh, I did bad. I rolled a five. <sighs> I got a three total. My character is skilled in persuasion, and my approach is to go. Just go for it. I want all of your monies. I'm going to fight you now. This <laughs> mm. <laughs> <It's> perfect. <laughs> damn you, Jefferson. All right, so let's go down the line. Uh, Delano, what do you have? Oh, uh, eight. Okay. Uh, Daniel? Thirteen. Uh, Deck? Three. Uh, yeah. That's where I'm at, kind of. Okay, and then, Ingus, you got? I have a seven. Okay. Riven? Three plus seven is ten. And Eli? Ten. Ooh. Who has the higher decks between you and Riven? I have a fifteen. Same. Okay, who wants to go first between you two? (laughs) I'm going to defer because he was the one talking first. I knocked the arrow. (laughs) I mean, that is definition of initiative is taking the first action. So it sounds like Brack or the guy with the greatsword pulls the greatsword off of his back and charges towards Riven. This ends poorly for me. (laughs) How big is this room again? Sorry. So it's fairly large. So it's about, it's like 90, probably like 90 feet wide totally by about maybe like 90 feet. That's huge. That's yeah, it's pretty big. It's you can fit a lot of, a lot of stuff drop. in there. But there's yeah, but there's there's tables on the sides and then also kind of tables around in the middle. So in his rage, Brack charges towards Riven, but on his way he catches his foot on the side of one of the chairs under one of the tables, trips and drops his greatsword that goes skittering towards Riven and lands at Riven's feet. The fool and so Brack is now prone, kind of next to a table with his greatsword very far away from him. And that goes down to Daniel. Okay. Brack is probably about 20 feet away from you. The other ones are probably about, I would say, within 30 feet. So you would be able to move and attack. And there are kind of like tables and chairs kind of scattered in the way with tankards and like various food items still on them from lunch okay. before. If there are any tables that have, like, a bread-type substance on Mm -hmm. that I can slide across the table, nab the bread, and then proceed to land a punch or a foot punch on the opponent. Okay, so you're going to grab bread (laughs) and and attack? Okay. Yeah. I thought for sure you were going to sit there and eat while I died. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, so... Last snack. On the way... You are able to grab kind of like a half loaf of bread. Cool. On your way over to the half orc who's like now trying to like get up as fast as he can. Would you like to punch him or do the foot punch 
I feel like a, a foot punch is a bit more uh, realistic in the sense if I'm sliding across and and if I land on a foot, then I'm going to try and extend with the other foot to try and punch him with that foot. Okay, so, so is that kind of like a kick? It, I, uh, a foot punch is all that uh, Daniel knows. Okay. <laughs> um, so, so I'm going to give it a go. Key, yeah. Uh, that's a that's a thirteen. Now, when oh, they're prone, do you and get if he's prone, you have advantage. Oh, ooh, it's worse. A thirteen. Oh, okay. So <laughs> this guy's got like half what looks like kind of like half plate armor of different kind of like mm-hmm. pieces of metal kind of uh, pieced together, and you as you punch, it seems like the armor just kind of deflects off your well, your foot punch. Okay. <laughs> yep. So your t- so your toe is a little bit sore. That's all right. I have a bonus foot punch. Yeah. Uh. Ooh. That's a two. Do I still with get ad- advantage? With yes. advantage. On, okay, so, great. Yeah, so on all attacks. Flailing is melee attacks. Feet oh, that's a natural twenty for oh. the second. Our, okay. That found his temple. That foot punch right. will hit yeah. to the back foot of the martial arts. Side of the head. Four. Yeah. Uh. Four points of damage. Okay, did you roll the dice twice? Uh, the for damage the, dice? For the critical? Yep, so you double the dice. Then it is a three plus three, so a six. Okay. They were graceful kicks, but they weren't very hard. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, I mean, I grabbed the bread. It, it distracted my kicks. You're able to kick him in the side of the head, and kind of like the leather skull cap that he's wearing goes flying off to the side. Sick. <laughs> then it goes to uh, Riven. All right, I'm going to... Fire my short bow at the man. So 14 plus 6 is 20 to hit. Absolutely. 3 damage plus a sneak attack because Daniel is there. Another 3 damage plus 2 protect is 8. 8 total? Mm-hmm. Okay, and you shoot him as he's on the ground and it sinks right in between his collarbone and his shoulder and just Ooh. buries itself halfway into his chest. Gross. And he lets out a groan. Um, do you want to move at all, Raven? Reposition? No. I'm good where I'm at. <laughs> okay, going down to Eli. Uh, I'm going to move up to him and swing at him, I guess. Okay. This poor guy is just getting mauled. Uh, this is the main oh, guy? No, this oh, is, um, yeah, this is the leader. Before I my turn, I wanted to take a step forward oh, so that man. his greatsword is on the other side of me. Okay, so you can yeah, step over his greatsword because it's skittered about 10 feet forward. Yeah, I imagine there's a space as I move up between these two guys. Yes, because yeah, cause Riven shot him. And then Daniel went kind of beside him and kicked him in the head. But punched him. Yeah, the foot. <laughs> yeah, I was just saying, yeah, I said kick. I miss, Sorry, I misspoke. Use the correct martial arts term for it. <laughs> Are you proficient in knee punches and elbow punches? <laughs> knee punches. Kidding. I'm proficient in any punch. All punches. Any punch. How about the butt punch? <laughs> any If punch. it's a punch. Okay. I don't know how much if, it, if you call it a punch, how I can do it. Punch? How much damage would that do? <laughs> the punch. cult Christmas. 1d4. <laughs> as far as the game That's tells you, it's 1d4. I'm going to hit them with my throat ass. punch using his throat? <laughs> yes. Oh, God. <laughs> I rolled a 20. <laughs> oh, my. Nice. This guy is oh, getting nice. mauled. Okay. Yeah, he brought up taxes. Okay. Mm-mm. So, no. <laughs> no, no taxation here. So you're using, I'm guessing, like the the sword. Yes. Two. Okay. So are you going to slash or just like jam down into his head? Oh, I'm just straight crucifix down into his. Okay. Roll for damage. So. Oh come on, a two and a three. Okay. Well, total is nine damage. What do you know? K. 
Okay. And so as you so you stab down, and it goes right through the side of his head and just pins his head up against against the ground. And as you pull back as you pull back up, you can see his head kind of like sticks to the end of the sword, and you have to pull it out. And as you pull it out, it just slaps Lots. down on the floor. He is out. Ooh. So he is not getting back up. Nice. No, you're Any chance I can try trash. and roll an intimidation check on the other guys? <laughs> That's technically an action. Oh, it is? Okay. But the act itself was pretty intimidating as far as actions go. <laughs> having, having, having your boss, boss. get foot punched in the gonna, face. What are we going to tell his boss, you know? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> an act of intimidation. We all just ignored the rest of them and just targeted the boss. We're like, what the fuck's going on? I'm like, <laughs> we're fine. So, are you throwing one after him? Well, yeah. So actually, Eli, roll roll an intimidate. Since it was since it was a critical, yeah. And given the given the situation, just roll to see how that comes off to the rest of them as the as the rest of his crew is watching. Because really, that's that's badass. Seeing your boss just get mobbed and stabbed through the head, that's gonna have an effect. Uh, I don't know if I believe it. Another twenty. <laughs> Are you serious? What are you? Yeah, no I'm just way. using the uh, electronic roll. Okay, no, I bl- it happens. This is karma for all the ones. Yeah, <laughs> that's. I mean, yeah, from several months ago. <laughs> oh, all right. And the way that you just killed their captain, the other five of them look at all of you, look at their dead captain, <laughs> and you can see that like two of them start backing up. And the other ones are like looking back at the at the ones that are their morale is breaking. And as the other ones kind of like fall back and start stepping back cautiously, the other ones that are a little bit braver, their morale kind of starts to break, seeing their allies not standing up to it. And so they start to back up as well. And one of them that's like carrying this extremely huge hammer, he goes, he goes, he goes. All right, hold, he goes, hold up, hold up. Don't worry about don't worry about the taxes. Brack, Brack already got your taxes, Grom. We we know it was his idea. And I'm sure. gonna go, gentlemen. I think we will be worrying about the taxes. We can forget this whole thing happened. I mean, whatever. Um, and I'm gonna roll a persuasion check and say, and if you pay your taxes, you can head home right now. Yeah. Ooh. Are you still like <laughs> working as the tax guy? Doing the tax I collector. Am, yeah. So that's uh, still in character. Total. In character. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Roll. Pers- roll. It was, it was thirteen plus five is eighteen. And one of them kind of like pipes up and he and he goes, "You're not the tax collector. We are." But Brack already got the taxes. And you know what? Next month, don't worry about it, Grom. We're okay. Brack was wrong. He got really drunk and spent it all. This was all his idea. Can I? Are we? We're still in combat order, probably, or? So you guys can freely talk at this point if you want to. I kind of want to cast Mage Hand and lock the door behind them so they can't leave. Uh, <laughs> I mean, thus I'm it's going up to you, to. but they're, they're, it looks like they're, they don't want any part of this. Is the door the only way out? That's it's the only way out. And then, and then windows. Is the door actually attached though? The door is, it, it broke through the locks and so it is open, oh. but it's still on the hinges. I have a, a decent intimidate check. I guess we could just let them go too, but um, um, but then we wouldn't get our taxes. Right. I think we need money. Uh, you guys um, heard tax collection. 
I'm gonna cast a spell, Dissonant Whispers, and uh, I'm going to target right. the one, the one that uh, stepped up and tried to like defend or whatever. Okay, the one with the hammer. Yeah, Hammerman, Hammerman. Okay. Uh, I'm going to cast Dissonant Whispers, uh, but I want the whispers to be like all <laughs> the deep insecurities that a bully is constantly trying to hide. So I want it. I want the whispers. I want the whispers to be like, the only reason you have friends is because they're scared of you. You know, your mother never really loved you. Your dad left because you suck. Ooh. Like I want all the whispers to be like. <laughs> personal attack. I wish they would have just said pay okay. your taxes. I get them. Um. So it's a wisdom saving throw on their part. Yeah. And then what's your save DC? Uh, thirteen. Okay. And so with the dissonant whisper, so you actually like start, you actually like whisper stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing, right? So yeah, there's a, there's a verbal thing. Uh, and you can yeah. see like, he sees that you start saying something, but he can't, it's hard for him to hear. So he leans forward, he goes, what? What? No, no, no. And you can, and like, you can see he just starts like shaking. And you can see that there's like blood that starts running down the side of his ears. So roll for damage. And I think he has to book he has to go his full run distance away. Uh, 13. Damage? Yeah. Oh my god. It's 3d6. Very wow. mean whispers. Some hateful words. And so blood starts like streaming down the sides of his ears as he goes, no, no, it's not true. I'm sorry. And he like, he just like starts running and he's like limping and there's like blood streaking across, dripping on the floor as he just kind of like stumbles out the door and the other guys are just looking at each other and then looking at you like, what the hell did you just do? And I like, I want to like, just have the most like frightening eyes and facade and just like be like, empty your pockets and you'll live. Intimidate. I will, I will intimidate. I have a plus four, is that? uh, Oh, 18 plus four, so 22. Empty your pockets and you can live. Says the halfling to the half orc warriors. Dude, <laughs> something's not right with this. Given the current situation, they agree, and you can see they they drop their weapons, they go into their pockets, and they just pull them inside out, and just coins go flying all over the floor. Nice. And one one guy reaches back uh, behind like his belt, and you can see he's got this little like chest that you can tell is full of coins and he, he shows it to you and then he slowly puts it on the table and he goes like this and he taught and he, one of the guys looks over at Grom and he goes Grom you and your friends let us go and nobody has to know about this don't worry about the taxes Grom looks at him and kind of looks at yeah. the rest rest of you and he goes all right but don't ever come back here or anywhere near here and stay out of the docks I live here now <laughs> pipes up, and Angus pipes up, and the guy goes, "Okay, he goes, okay, we're just, we're just gonna leave. That's all. That's all the money we have. We're just, we're just gonna go." And they just slowly start like backing out of the broken open door. Does anyone want to take any final actions as they're retreating? I'm so glad I demanded their yeah. money from them instead of trying to talk my way out of this. <laughs> I'm just going to put my mace over my shoulder and just go like, damn, I didn't do anything. Just <laughs> laugh and kind of shake my head. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I just saw a like, halfling just like totally mindfuck someone and take their money. Yeah. That was amazing. <laughs> that was super impressive, guys. 
Well yeah. done. That's kind of evil, us. but <laughs> Jefferson they had it coming. Cheers as you had it coming. <laughs> well, I'm going to go over and take all that money and put it on a table so we can split it up. Yeah, what kind of armor did they... Oh, they didn't take their armor off there. Uh, well, you have the dead guy's armor. Yeah, so the guy that's dead, I mean, there is a, a great sword, and then also he had half plate armor. Ooh. Which has... It's it's an armor class of 15, but the, the dex is... I think fairly fairly low on it. There's no damn way that would fit on my body. <laughs> and I don't know that bards can have anything more than like leather armor, can they? Not to start, but it, I think you can you can take feats that oh, give wow. you different yeah. armor proficiencies. But as you kind of like scoop up the the assorted coins that are on the ground and then also look at the little kind of like lockbox they had that they were collecting taxes in, between everything, there's actually a lot of coins that these guys had on them. Nice. Between all of it, there's 70 gold pieces. There's 1,520 silver pieces, a lot of which is in that little lockbox and in a couple kind of coin purses that the guys had on them. And there's 970 copper pieces. Damn. I'm going to go over and kind of poke at the body. <laughs> I'm going to say, uh, Zach, this is pretty nice armor. What do you think? Well, it does look pretty good. Let me... How dented is it? I mean, I assume it's beaten up and, I mean... Yeah. He was murdered in the head, right? So... Yeah, so yep. the, the armor is... Clean, yeah. clean strike the head. <laughs> so, it's got some blood on it to but, clean up. Yeah, so... Prestidigation. It is pretty... Oh, God, that would kind of fix it. <laughs> so, honestly, like, it's... The armor is... It's good, it's functional, but it's extremely rusty and there's... You can see that it's just kind of like plates that are pieced together in a functional manner, but it just looks like hell. Hmm. So function over style in this case. Is that is full plate, half plate heavy armor though? Or, or? I, I believe it's in fifth. I think it's medium. It's the top level of medium. Yeah, half plate is what I'm looking for in the end, but I have a thing for fancy looking armors. While they were looking at the armor, I was like literally sitting on the table with all the gold pieces, sorting them into piles. Uh, and everyone gets 253 silver pieces. 161 copper pieces and 11 gold pieces. Nice. There's some like remainder stuff that I didn't figure out. But... That'll be the be for the pizza party. Wait a second, Grom. How much did you pay these guys in taxes? You go and he looks at. He's like, it changes every time they come. They don't even know what they collect in taxes. I think last time I gave them like 25 gold for here, but they know I usually get a lot of business, so they ask for more here. But they don't keep track of when they come, and some of those guys don't even technically know what taxes are or what they're for. It's basically protection money for them not to burn the place down. Well, now that I live here, Grom, you'll never pay taxes again. We, we just turned this place into a libertarian utopia. Should we give some gold to Grom? Uh, yeah. Dude. I mean, in due time. <laughs> yeah, we just did him a favor. Yeah, and he goes, don't, he goes, you guys can keep that. We did. Like two months rent free, like yeah. So you guys just killed off the tax collectors for him. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. so do we need to like drag the body down to the harbor and throw it in the water? Yeah, we're gonna have to do that. That's probably take the armor off first and whatever else is heavy because I don't feel like <laughs> Strip carrying. Strip them much. naked, throw well, them in the harbor. I'll ask Grom. Does this uh, secret organization have a body incineration like system? Like, how do you guys dispose of bodies? Uh. Well, it's kind of, it kind of depends on where you are. Usually people don't die right here in my restaurant. Is Fiona still making soup? Yep. Oh, no. Alan! No! Alan! And you see the, 
No, we have to the, eat that, man. The little the little no, kid or no. the halfling that has the makeup on to look very, very young comes running down. And he goes, yes, sir. And he, go, and he goes, all right, Alan, I need you to uh, mop up this blood. We'll, we'll take care of the body, but you're going to need to get some rags out of the back. And the, the kid persona breaks for a little bit and it goes, and you can see Alan goes, ugh. And he goes back <laughs> into the kitchen and grabs out some rags. And Grum kind of looks at the rest of you and he goes, you guys have any good ideas for what to do with a large, hairy, stinky body? We could just throw him into the lake. Dead bodies wash up all the time. No one really asks too many questions. And we go, do you want to hang him outside from the window as a warning to others? That might not be a good idea. <laughs> no, we want attention. Do the half orcs ever come in here and order food? Sometimes. I mean, a lot of my a lot of my customers are <laughs> no. are, are half orc sailors. Yeah. I mean, not all the half orcs right. are bad. It's just the children of chaos that are kind of pricks about things. But sometimes they come in here. I propose that you have a special soup. Just for the half orcs. If you catch my drift, you know Ooh. what I mean. I cannot even. Uh. Are you insinuating <laughs> I cut them up and put them in the soup? <laughs> you are the sickest clown I've ever met. Uh. <laughs> I'm gonna pull out my piccolo and play a very happy song. <laughs> it's clown. And I'm gonna dance on the table where the money is. <laughs> Holy shit! Havgar really broke the mold when he made you. <laughs> I've been through some shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he goes, "All right, tonight I'll I'll call I'll call up some other agents and we'll haul out the body. We'll just dump it in the lake. No one will really care. Cool. And then hopefully, I'm guessing with with how you guys went about scaring them off, they probably won't be back because they know that we have another force. Yeah. So things with the children of chaos is that they look big and tough, but deep down they're cowards. As soon as they know that you're gonna fight back and not just give them what they want from threats." They usually cave, so I don't think they'll be back. But we'll wait for. He kind of like he kind of like looks through one of the windows. He goes, "We'll wait for the sun to go down, and we'll take care of this." I'm gonna look at the dead body, sit in the middle of the room, be a little bit disgusted, and go, "Maybe we should just take care of it now." Let's drink. Let's have some drinks. And well, Grom quickly goes up to the door and closes the door that is actually still open, and he kind of like <laughs> reaches for the locks, but they're all broken open, so he can't really lock the door. But he just goes. All right. Uh, just hopefully no one else comes in. And he goes over and like by the side, there's a little closed sign. And he hangs it up on the outside of the door and closes the door. <laughs> and he goes, "I'm just gonna, cro- I'm just gonna cross my fingers that no one comes in here." But yeah, welcome to the Branded Hands. Thanks so much for joining us on another quest. Be sure to tune in next time to keep up with the continuing adventures of our crew. You can check out the video version of our adventures on YouTube, or you can listen to them as podcasts wherever podcasts are found. In the meantime, make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow Heads Must Roll on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter.